Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Alright, hey everyone. This is the Helping Friendly Podcast. We're here with uh, a guest who's been on before, Todd Ahrens. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. Good to good to have you back. I didn't get to speak with you last time, but Jonathan and Brad did. I think you were on episode 82. Um, and you guys talked about an early show back then, right? Right, Jonathan? Was it a... It was a, yeah, 90 show. 90. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Todd's been seeing the fish for a couple of years. So we dug back into one of the older ones for him. Yeah, it's awesome. And and that was, it was cool to hear your perspective, Todd. We don't actually have very many um, guests or listeners really who's, who saw fish um, that early on, but um, good to get your perspective again. And this time we're, we're going to um, another continent together. Yes. Jonathan, Thanks for having me. Yeah. Jonathan, can you tell, tell the listeners a little bit about how this one came together? Okay. So, 
we were doing the 1999 episode with Wade just a few weeks back, and we casually glossed over the Japan shows. And I thought, wow, you know, we shouldn't have done that. (laughs) There's a lot to talk about here. And I think I texted you while we were recording, RJ. I said, we we should just do a whole episode. I know a guy. And then uh, before we were done, I had already texted Todd and he agreed to join us. So (laughs) here we are. And here we are. And Brad is here. Hey. Hi, Brad. Um, it's nice to it's nice to see your beard in person. I mean, on the internet, Brad. Once internet again, person. just so listeners know, Brad is his his beard is still fulsome. Um, <laughs> but we are here to talk about um, other exotic fish happenings. As, as we mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about fish in Japan. And yeah, this this cropped up while we were doing the 1999 episode. Um, I thought we really needed to talk about Fuji Rock and how what better way to do that and then to talk to somebody who went and uh so todd um of course i'm extremely jealous that you went to japan for these shows but um i'm going to get over that and ask you to tell us a little bit about (laughs) a little bit about (laughs) how you got yourself there you know and and tell us about the the scene and then we'll talk about the shows a little bit specifically sure so yeah, that was a kind of actually funny story. Kind of lucked into it, but um, I was dating a, a girl at the time, and her dad happened to work for Delta Airlines, and was also a huge Jets fan. And I knew a guy that was a um, ticket broker, and um, I scored him two playoff tickets to the Jets. And this guy had never been to Jets playoffs, and he was so stoked and so he said hey i'm going to give you two first class tickets to anywhere in the you know anywhere in the world Whoa. so um yeah so we got these two free tickets and it was pretty Jeez. much a no-brainer once they announced that uh once they announced those shows it was uh yeah let's go to fish in japan what about what about to your girlfriend's dad who's probably not a fish fan like what are you gonna do with the you can go anywhere in the world todd where are you going to go? Uh, I'm going to go to see fish in Japan. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I, I wasn't, I wasn't really very close with, with, with them. I mean, he did give me the, the free tickets, but uh, I, I don't, I don't remember having to explain that off, but it's, uh, it's not like you said, I'm going to go see fish in Iowa. Yeah. They, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't big fans of me anyway. So uh, I don't know whether it would have affected their, their opinion of me anyway. I've, I've since uh, not, she's not my girlfriend anymore, put it that way. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, we, nice. we got out there and, um, and, uh, that was kind of the impetus was the free ticket and, and had a few other friends going. Um, one of my friends is a Japanese American. So we had a, a, uh, interpreter along for the ride, which was helpful. I bet. And, um, nice. Yeah. I don't recall exactly how it was, but, um, yeah, landed in Japan and then just took long, long train rides out to the Alps and, uh, show was in Naiba, Fuji Rock Fest, and um, pretty much almost like any ski town you'd find in Colorado or anywhere in the U.S., just, uh, you know, big mountains, and we all stayed at the hotel at the, at the, uh, at the base of the mountain, big, big ski lodge. Um, if anybody wants to go on YouTube and Google uh, or YouTube uh, search for Fish Fuji Rock, I've got some videos up there, and you can kind of get a, a glimpse of the hotel and 
nice. physical surroundings, but it was pretty, I mean, it was gorgeous. Um, Japanese Alps and, and pretty much like any uh, kind of ski area you'd find around here. So I looked at those videos uh, over the weekend and we should try to remember RJ to put them on the blog. Um, yeah. But they, uh, they, it looked a lot like any American fest too. It didn't really, you know, just in the general, you know, you had some vendors and you had some tent action and just people laying about in the, in the sun, having a, a great time. It didn't look particularly unusual. Um, I, I noticed that unlike the European fest, there didn't seem to be a lot of the big flag, you know, it, like if you see, um, I don't oh, know. Glastonbury or yeah, something. Glastonbury. Yeah. That's what I was yeah. digging for. You know, everybody's got a giant flag somewhere, but, um, and it, it really seemed a lot more orderly than that <laughs> too. I mean, um, you should have seen the, I think that's the, racist. Yeah. And well, you should have seen the recycling centers they had going and, oh, that's great. um, yeah, it was just uh, Japanese. They 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 knew how to do it, and um, it was boiling hot. So it's funny that you, you mentioned the heat, but um, probably a hundred degrees and really humid there. Wow. Um, but yeah, it, really? it, it, it was not unlike um, really a typical. I mean, I don't know what I would compare it to typical American food, but it was a giant giant rock fest. ZZ Top was there. Um, I forget who else. I think Chemical Brothers, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Um, which I did happen to catch and that was awesome. Um, but yeah, really, uh, where'd you fly into and, um, was it just Tokyo or? or Yeah. So, so flew into Tokyo and then took, um, took trains pretty far. It was pretty far train from Tokyo. Um, I believe it was, was overnight. I don't know how many hours, but, um, yeah, you just get further and further out into the countryside, and and um, it's it's beautiful country out there for sure. Giant mountains, awesome. I just Let's, want to jump in and just say, Jonathan, that um, you were you were happy for Todd that you went to Japan instead of Iowa, and I just want to tell you that Fish has now played more shows in Japan than they've played in Iowa. Um, so as it should I, be, as it should be. But so they did just, play a pretty good show in. And, uh, oh no, that's Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I think we're, I think we're on the right track highlighting Todd's trip to Japan rather than Fish's five shows in Iowa personally. Yeah. I think you might be right. (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about the music. Um, uh, so they played, I guess the, the day before the festival, they did a sound check that is available with the, um, the live fish release along with the, the 31st. So on the 29th, they, they, they released a, what's the use from the 29th. And, and I, and I got to say, if you're not familiar with that, you, people should go and listen to it because it's this like perfect, it's live setting, live setup, but no audience. So you will never hear a quieter quote live. What's the use. Nice. Right. Yeah. And I, I have not heard that. So I need to, I need to track that down. Yeah, it's it, it, it makes me obviously think of uh, those Magnum Ball shows. Quiet, that quiet, that quiet, right? I mean, um, yeah. So that's that's maybe the second. The Magnum Ball would be the second quietest. Let's yeah. see. Uh, but then the next day they get started, and it was confusing. And I think you corrected me on this when I was putting the set list together. 
uh, Todd. So there was an early afternoon set and then like a regular, like full show later in the day. Well, well, so basically they did, um, they were the first, I believe they were the first band to play the festival and they did one set on the green stage, which was the main stage, um, where all the, the headlining acts were playing. Um, they just did the one set there and then they had their own area, um, probably about a mile walk away from the whole festival where no other bands played fish had their own, the field of heaven. Um, so that was completely separate and we can get to that. But for this, for this first set, I want to say they started at about 11 AM, um, on the, on the green stage and it wasn't as crowded as it would get, but I mean, that was where, you know, the, all the, you know, regular festival goers were there that weren't there just to see fish. Um, you know, when you got to the field of heaven, it was pretty much everyone made that giant walk just to see fish. So they did oh, wow. that green stage. They did that green stage uh, set to, you know, thousands of people. And then that night they did the a fish headline set. And then for the two nights, they, you know, they did three headlining shows, two sets each at the field of heaven. So, so tell wow. us, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about the audience. I mean, uh, lots of fish only fans, um, local fans. Sounds like it's kind of far out, so probably not too many of those. But, um, you know, what, what were your experiences? Did you run into people that you would see at, uh, you know, MSG or anything? Well, I, you know, I don't think there are any local fans to Naiba, you know, out there in, in the Alps. <laughs> right, but, um, right. So at, at that first set, um, like I said, it was just the, the, um, you know, a pretty good cross section of the, the festival crowd, um, not necessarily fish fans. And then when you got to where they're playing the headline sets in the field of heaven, um, you had your your contingent of U.S. folks that had traveled. I think, um, you know, I was probably with 15 people that I knew and there's probably 50 Americans or so from tour in total. We have a big picture and I'd say there's, you know, 50, maybe 60 people that made the trip, but um, plenty of Japanese heads, the Big Frog crew, and and all the, you know, lots of um, local Japanese, uh, you know, not local to the, to the ski area, but local to Japan. Um, they have a pretty, pretty sizable scene, and everyone was so nice and super stoked and super thankful for fish to be there. So um, it was a world of difference from the field of heaven when you stepped in that to going out to, you know, the rage against the machine stage. That's for sure. Would I, I guess we should know this, but w- did any of the other bands play three nights or um, I, I don't believe so. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so at all. It's interesting and, that uh, they, they really right. tailored an environment for fish. Yeah. And it was cool. You'll see on my video, you, you walk through just wooded paths and, um, you know, they hung big dream catchers and different different things from the woods to get to this, you know, probably mile, maybe mile and a half. It was a good 25 minute walk from the hotel to get to the field of heaven. And you really had to find it. There were kind of just small signs pointing you the direction. And, you know, as we were walking to fish, there's thousands of people walking the other way. They have no idea what they're missing. So it's so it's pretty funny. There was so there was the green stage. And I think then in the middle was the white stage, which was the kind of, you know, 10,000 person stage and then further past that way further past that was the field of heaven and i think that the the green stage which was the headliner stage um i would guess there's probably close to 100,000 people that festival it's a big festival wow and it looks a lot 
and from the listening to it, it seems like Fish basically did a festival set there. You know, Chalk Dust Opener, Gaiuti, Standard Good, Wolfman's, um, but it doesn't really go out or anything. Um, yeah. Nice taste. Yeah, yeah the, the, the green set stage is, is pretty, fairly pedestrian. I mean, it's solid. It's for not sure, bad. but it. No, no, it's it's good, um, but they don't really go out there. I mean, it's eleven in the morning and it's a hundred degrees, oh, but um, but people people were digging it, as you know, you can see on my video. People were definitely, I mean, we were loving it for sure. So then that night, they uh, they play over the field of heaven, and then you Correct. get a full fish show. Yes, and that's a pretty good show. Um, I personally love the ghost. A lot. I listened to that ghost about three times when we were revisiting these things. Um, but uh, it's not the only great thing. What do I have in my notes? The ghost, the disease is uh, like 20 some minutes long. It's a nice right. little Reba. And I think that bike with Fishman on guitar might be my favorite bike of all time. Yeah, that was awesome. Now, my wife will, will fight for the uh, bike from Japan 2000. Sure. Till the ends of the earth, because that's that was practically, you know, believe it or not, her highlight of Japan <laughs> 2000. But wow. um, but yeah, that first uh, that first night, the ghost is definitely the star.
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. So yeah, as soon as I went in 99, it was just when they announced it in 2000, it was like, gotta go back. So, um, and people that were kicking themselves for not going to 99 were like, oh, you've got to go. Um, and, uh, you know, my now wife, who I was just together with then, she, she you know, was like, we got to go. So um, we, in, I'm sure we'll get to this in, in the, the 2000 part, but, you know, we, we went, to, back then it was a lot more affordable. We went to uh, STA, which is Student Travel Agency. And even though we weren't students, we told them we were. <laughs> and um, we got tickets to Japan uh, for that 2000 tour and then over to Thailand for 10 days and then back through Japan um, for 600 bucks. Wow. And so Jeez. that's like, you know, it cost me, it cost me more than that to fly to the MSG shows this new year. Right. <laughs> right. Than to go to that. So, uh, and you know, and, and you get the Japan rail and it's really cheap. Everything in Japan is expensive. The hotels are expensive. The food's expensive. But um, back then getting there was, was a lot more that's affordable than I would imagine. Yeah. So we're getting way ahead of ourselves though. Um, yes. So yeah, great show. Um, the first show, the whatever evening of the thirtieth, and mm-hmm. then I think people are probably more familiar with this uh, show from the thirty-first because uh, Fish released this through Live Fish to benefit the Japanese earthquake relief effort uh, a few years back. And but it's a it's it's a really great show. It's really nice. A good two thousand one in Bowie. Um, the the Caspian is really big and really really good. And really then, good, um, really good. Stood out to me, yeah. And a very special Brian and Robert with a uh, a guest who um, of a Tibetan monk, I think it is, and who mm-hmm. Trey had played with at um, Carnegie Hall. Right, I was at that as well. <laughs> and um, and yeah, and that's that's beautiful. So we, we, I don't think we'll play any of that because it's officially released. Uh, but everybody should go to their live fish, and if you haven't, if you didn't buy it before, you should get yeah. that. It's really great. I mean that that Bowie. I mean, if I was going to pick one thing from the whole three night run of of uh, Fuji Rock, it would pro- very possibly be that Bowie. That's not it's, a bad call. It is super sick. Yeah, and you know one of the things that kind of was surprising to me number one i like the limb by limb of course in the first set of these late 90s obviously are, are my favorite of those but um the 2001 into the bowie the 2001 got into 2001 really quickly uh almost like they knew that bowie was coming and they wanted to get there or maybe trade it or you know something but um once they got there i was a, that's a hefty bowie and it's really really nice and I have to say, I mean, people were just soaking it up. I mean, the Japanese fans were just, they were, they were really happy for Fish to be there. I was thinking they had to have made some fans or at least cemented some, like, there had to, you know, now knowing they had to walk an extra mile to get there, I would figure there probably weren't a huge number of casual people drifting in, but the people who came were rewarded for the effort. 
Yeah. And I mean, as you mentioned, I mean, people knew, I mean, it was almost like, you know, a pretty typical U.S. scene. I mean, they just had vending, ringing the whole field of heaven. It was all just, you know, typical hippie, you know, import shit type of stuff. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, teepees and and just really cool, um, very mellow vibe. And, um, yeah, I just have to say that field of heaven was a really, just a really beautiful place. It was just tucked in around mountains. It kind of reminds me of my first show in Townsend. It could have been really anywhere in Vermont, just kind of like low hills and green. And, um, so yeah, people were, were stoked to be there and they they were received that Bowie. Well, sounds, sure. sounds pretty ideal. If you think about it, that there's two other stages that are bigger for, all the fans that we would complain about, right, to go to, and then right. us, all us, you know, nitpicker weirdos can go to the, uh, can go to the smaller stage and and just uh, soak it up, like you said. Well, yeah, and, let your hair down. And the band yeah, be like, can be at a place that's a little bit like home for them. So yeah, it would it would kind of be like going to jazz fest and avoiding the main stage, but then having a whole different main stage for fish, like far away from everything. Which is, if you've ever been to Jazz Fest, that's part of the main thing, right? It's just like so crowded and you have to suffer through like all the main act people. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the heat, like, just like Todd was saying. Yeah. So was yeah. it still 100 at night or what, what happened at night? Um, Did it no, cool off at, significantly? At, yeah. No, at, at night it was perfect. Really, uh, it was it a was, uh, perfect temperature, really, I would say. But yeah, but yeah, you guys are right. I mean, you've got, um, shoot, I'm going to say... 60 plus thousand at this green stage and then 15 20 thousand at the white stage and then maybe 2000 at the field of heaven i mean you could walk up from the back to the rail freely anytime during the show i mean you could stand at the rail and there wouldn't be somebody within 10 feet of you wow it's wow. just like today sounds pretty <laughs> yeah. similar that happened to yeah. me at msg over new year's i just i walked straight up there just giving people high fives, you know. Just, yeah, I just went up and waved a tray and then walked back. It was cool. I wouldn't say necessarily the Caspian stuck out to me. I, I mean, I remember the 2001 Bowie just being like, "Holy crap!" I mean, it is pretty. Um, I don't want to say standard 99 because that's awesome, but I wouldn't say that that that, that stuck out to me. And I, I didn't see a lot that summer. I'd gone to. Went to Atlanta, went to PNC and Camden and Oswego. Um, okay, barely any. I mean, it's yeah, and it's set. all the, it's and it's all and it's all good. Um, but just the whole, it was just the atmosphere. I mean, they could have come out and played a, a crappy show, and it would have just been, which they, you know, thankfully didn't. But it it would have still been awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, um, our friend Patrick, by the way, guys, he's probably listening. He said that we 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 glossed over Oswego too, so yeah. now we need to go <laughs> back and do a whole. We need to do Big Cypress, Oswego, and Japan. So Japan, now we've, we're doing that. So the Check. other two we have to do. Check. Sounds like we got title be on that one too. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's it's hard. There's just so much. I mean, just listening to all this Japan stuff. Um, it's a lot to cover. So, you know, you gloss over it and, and it's so easy to take a deep dive into any of that stuff, really. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for making excuses for us. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate that and need it. Sunday night, 8-1, um, another really great show. Um, this one, uh, 
you know, it starts starts off with the Cities Rift Wilson MoMA uh, sequence, yeah. which is good. But to me, it was really when it reached Divided Sky that it t- takes off, like really takes Agreed. off. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's just me. Uh, uh, maybe um, I also really like the melt. I thought that was nice, uh, heavy, weird melt, and um, and then and then, but really, ultimately, it, the tweezer is what it what it came yeah. down to for me. So, um, so we all were, were late. We slept like all day and we're, we're rushing to that, this show because we were sure they were going to do some kind of shakedown opener or something for Jerry's birthday. We were convinced there was going to be some kind of Jerry's birthday thing, but, um, there wasn't, but anyway, we made it there on time and, um, yeah, the first set does have some highlights, but it's really the second set. And I would maybe attribute, tr- attribute it to, um, in between sets was when Rage Against Machine was playing. So Fish got on their golf carts after the first set. They booked right. it to the main stage. We all ran through the woods. Nice. I busted my knee on this. You know, we ran like the mile back um, to catch Rage Against the Machine. And then everybody hoofed it back for the second set. And I always thought, you know, Fish just went and watched Rage Against the Machine from the stage and uh, got some kind of some you know mojo from that or testosterone right yeah yeah whatever <laughs> and uh went back and, and played a killer second possum. set and they yeah came back and opened up with, the... with possum right <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's but, pretty um, crazy it's a good that's possum. cool time yeah, was it the yeah, same it same crowd size like throughout yeah pretty consistent mm-hmm. i would i would bet the same same people came back every night you know i i would maybe it, it grew a little bit people that came one of the other nights was like, I'm definitely going back that night that didn't know fish. So maybe it grew, but it was still basically uncrowded. Nice. You know, I, I would, uh, I would ask, I would just guess 2000 to 3000 at the most 3000. That seems pretty amazing. Amazing. Wow. amazing. So this, I mean, this second set to me, sorry, Jonathan is, is, I mean, it's got everything, the tweezer, the mics, Hydrogen <laughs> groove, wedge, lizards, and then you know the YEM to fit cheese. Like it's they really they really this isn't a um festival set. And I guess they're three days in. So um you know, as Todd said, they're letting their hair down too. So what a what a great way to end. Plus they don't want to leave anything on the table. I mean, this is it. Right. And they probably don't know if they're coming back or not, and and everyone was so you know, welcoming to them. Like they, they just knew they were feeding off of it for sure. I mean, there was by far more Japanese heads than, than, uh, I mean, they were, they were feeling that energy. So, um, yeah. And that tweezer is so sick and the segue into llama, mm. um, like we talked about, like it. it's just, uh, it's just nuts. And then, and then I was, I was saying that that hydrogen is ridiculous. It's like, almost I think it's 10 or 11 minutes and they just go into some ambient jam for, five minutes before they even start hydrogen. I've never heard anything like that. So, um, yeah, killer set. I think that's perfect button right there. Killer set. <laughs> I so, was, Jonathan, can I say something real quick? Sorry. Of they, course. They were, they, the into the llama was uh, that you mentioned that we all mentioned a little bit from the tweezer reminded me of that. Um, I don't know if you, I, just cause I was at the show from champagne 97, where they went into llama from bathtub gin um, which was really 
it, like at the time that was like really amazing because they just it's just sort of appeared out of nowhere but this one is much more much more smooth i think and um i don't know maybe unexpected based on the kind of ambient and blissy um majority of that tweezer Right, and you know that tweezer. What is it like? Nine minutes in, it gets to this really uh, melodic, kind of uh, anthemic bit. That is just that, gorgeous. That sounds like meat stick to me. I didn't mm. notice I that. Yeah, and then I saw <clears throat> your maybe, note about it, and I was like, maybe thought, that's just me. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. we'll let everybody else tell us about it. I'm, I'm wired a little different. <laughs> so. so you think it sounded like they're playing a fire on the mountain jam? Well, meat stick, but yeah, it's, uh, it gets you. So we're going to fast forward, um, see what happened. Uh, Fish came back, they played a bunch more shows, and um, Big Cypress happened, and they they completed it. They had nothing else they had to do with their lives, but still they did, and they played Radio City. Did you go to Radio City, Todd? I did, and Roseland. Yep. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> and then they went to Japan. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. yeah. So, yeah, we were flying high from those – Literally from those, uh, that, you know, a few days in New York. I mean, I was living in New York at the time, but, um, yeah, those two, those two radio cities in the Roseland and, um, 
like I said, we just went and got those student tickets and, and we're super psyched to go see see those club shows in Japan. And, and the, the 2000 tours is, is, was a totally different animal from the um, 99 thing because you were every night, you know, taking a train to a different, yeah. you know, small club than, than three nights at a festival. And, you know, Fish was on the train with you. They were probably in the car ahead of you or you'd be waiting with them on the platform. And, um, wow. Yeah. So it was every night a totally different, totally different room, different room size, different, different crowd, um, different crowd mix. So yeah, totally different animal and, and really awesome. It's funny because we hear or we've heard, you know, the, the really awesome stories of like the late 90s European tours. Um, Tom told us a great story. I guess maybe we didn't maybe we had to cut it. But um, <laughs> there, yeah, there was some, uh, you know, just the buses and stuff uh, that they would take between cities in Europe. And, mm-hmm. and this is a whole different, you know, advanced society where they take high speed rail places. So um another awesome adventure that uh it's great to hear about i mean yeah it was easy to travel i mean the whole length of the country on i mean they have the bullet train and then they have the super bullet train which is which is even faster and you just go you know you can travel so much so so quickly on those on those things and they're they're so smooth and they got the sake cart going up and down and so kind of uh yeah it was it was a good time for sure that sounds pretty great um so I'm all in for the sake cart. Yes. Uh, but so the first three shows though were in and around Tokyo, right? Yes. Um, and on air East, it's just a club. Yeah. So that was pretty, pretty, um, that was right downtown and it was a pretty straightforward rock club. Um, might've been a bar in the back. That was one of the bigger shows of the whole run. I would guess maybe, 1500, 2000, um, and, uh, and a really good opener. I mean, everyone's going to go right to the tweezer for that, or at least I do. Um, but a lot, a lot of really cool, I mean, solid first set and, um, and yeah, a lot of cool things to buy the mango song. A lot of good, a lot of good stuff in, in this show. Yeah. I've got notes about the MoMA dance in the first set being really groovy. Um, uh, Axilla, raging axilla opener into taste and right. then billy breathes lovely but yeah really the nice. tweezers are pretty great um funk 49 can, stuff in there and you can just tell they're stoked to be back there and right. and like i just kept telling myself it's so cool to see fish at these small clubs like in the old days but with this new material and all the new gear and effects and whatever their new sound but you know their arena sound, but shrunk down to this you know olden times size venue. So yeah, I have. You this, feel like go ahead. I have this theory that fish, um, particularly more and more as the years go by, they they play better, more cohesively the closer they stand. So if you put them all on top of a truck, or maybe on the right. roof of a fake house in ghost makeup, they're facing they each other. Get, yeah you know, facing each other and just geogra- just physically closer together. They, they play right. better. Yes. It's probably why they get really hyped for things in the band room and they come out and put them on stage and we all have our own feelings about them after. But, um, I, it's got to translate. And when they're playing these club shows, right? 
it's probably something to that. And just the fact that you've got, I mean, people with their chins on the stage just pushed up against and, and, you know, and you can see all the way to the back of the room. You could put your eyes on every single person in the room. So not a moat between the band and the, uh, and the, and the audience. Um, so tell us a little bit about the sound. Was it, do you think with the arena sound shrunk down that you could catch all the details? I mean, you usually can't anyway, but, um, you know, was the volume still up? You know what I mean? Yeah, was I, I, yeah, I thought it was on? stellar. I mean, it was loud and in your face, and you were hearing every detail. So that's what I mean. It was just like that arena sound, so huge, but but shrunk down. I mean, they had it dialed, and and this is it was a dedicated concert, you know, club. Right. So they, it, you know, it was it was good acoustics and. Still probably one of the um, first times in a while, um, aside from maybe Fuji Rock, where they didn't carry their own uh pa yeah i don't know the details yeah i mean i know that if they did right well, i don't did, know if they, they didn't study the contracts and the the yeah, writers I, 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 didn't, <laughs> I didn't i didn't happen to carry, carry the pa in that's for sure mm-hmm. but um yeah shoot for i forget what I was say. well i was gonna say you know they did roseland the week before um which is a another small venue but it's it's pretty cruddy sounding i've seen some good shows there but i mean um so that w- and, and radio city is small but just japan was a was a whole other I mean, every show sound wise was in your face awesome i mean just there there was no escape from it really in a good way so um the next night was also in tokyo it was a uh, at zep is that right at zep yep zep um, so yeah, Zep, solid Zep show. was a really good show and a very cool venue. This one was, um, out of town. We had to take a taxi, um, pretty far out of town, maybe an hour. And, and you get to, you, you get out of downtown and out Jeez. of the skyscrapers and Zep was more like, and maybe not an hour, but, um, it was like an, I don't know if it's an amusement park. Um, they have a giant Ferris wheel, like the one in, in uh, Seattle or like one of those humongous Ferris wheels and then a huge arcade. And then um, I'll tell you about what happened after the show in a little bit. Um, They have a a little internal roller coaster there. Um, So (laughs) it's basically, it's basically a fun park um, with a concert venue. The concert venue was pretty square inside, but yeah, indoor Um, pretty nondescript square room, but, but awesome. Um, But the funny thing was they had, you know, they had this, giant arcade outside and so before the show um this is before they had guitar hero in the u.s and um so trey stepped up to it and everybody was you know not everybody but you know 10 people were standing around watching him and he was getting the worst score he was sitting there doing the thing and and we were all laughing because he was trying um and he couldn't couldn't play the guitar video game (laughs) which makes sense because he was you know actually playing guitar and then than playing yeah. video game, but, <laughs> he's like these buttons know, don't in his sense. life yeah exactly that's pretty but awesome yeah, but, actually yeah but but really cool show i mean awesome disease opener piper is sick
Yeah, oh. I, I, I got a note by that piper. I mean, it's just killer, and the disease is really, yeah. I mean, five song first a set, five, five song first set, and one I of those mean, is a lawn boy. So. You, you, you just have to say that, like, I mean, to me, every every single song at every one of these shows pretty much just has a little bit of an extra oomph. I mean, the yeah. Japan stuff kind of has a different flavor to me. It was really cool. I was happy to go back and listen to it all because I hadn't dug into it too deeply. Um, but yeah, everything has a little bit of a, you know, that extra push. And I just think it it, it yeah. sounds killer. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with anything. You, you got to think that. that- Gin yeah, and a right. twist as well. Mm. Well, Piper and Twist in the yeah. same show, and they weren't anywhere near each other. You know, first set versus second right. set. It's pretty cool. Um, but as you were saying, Todd, maybe there's a little carryover from the '99, and they they finished that off with a bang. So, right, and then, and then I'll say with the 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 heavy things opener, um, second set. I'll just say that um, heavy things followed us around all over Japan. This was right when Farmhouse came out and we were hearing it in taxis and hotel lobbies. They must have been doing such a good promo pitch, promo push because it was on every radio station wow. and we were hearing it everywhere. Um, I guess that was the single. I thought maybe Farmhouse would have been. But, yeah, um, and I think, definitely. I think they only play it two times in the, in these uh, eight or nine shows, however many shows there are. But um but uh, so, but it was like literally all in you know restaurants everywhere we went. We'd get in a taxi and it would be heavy things. And so, a little shout out to that. That was that was cool. Wow. And so then, before we go to the, the next show, the the, the funniest the, the next funny thing is you know we were all spun and obviously doing whatever. And after the show, they had a um, they had this roller coaster. It's basically all attached to the venue. So you walk out of the venue. Um, and then this roller coaster was like a, a police theme. So they put you in when instead of waiting in the line for the roller coaster, they put you in this booking room where you wait and it's a pretend police <laughs> station and all the people are cool. dressed up like police. And then um and so we were, you know, in our state of mind, everybody not everybody was so thrilled with the whole mock police state up but uh, set up. But then they they put you on this cool roller coaster and and we rode it around and uh very cool venue. And then later on, there's a Zep in uh, Osaka, which is pretty cool, too. Hey, so the next night was at the outdoor theater that I probably shouldn't try to pronounce. Hibia. 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 You got it. Nice. Um, so, um, and Big and that Frog was opened. A, and Big Frog opened. And, you know, I met those guys in uh, at Fuji Rock, and they were super cool. Um, they have a big crew of, of friends, and we spun them all, and they were all super nice and friendly, <laughs> and um, really nice people, and 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 good set too. They have a they have a recording out there if you want to check it out. Not of this show, but they have a studio recording that's yeah. They that's worth checking for out for the Amphibian tour uh, a couple years later, and uh, we saw them and met them and hung out a little bit, and uh, they're good guys, and really like that band. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, and yeah, so that, that Hibia outdoor theater, um, it's a really cool amphitheater right in downtown Tokyo. So you're surrounded by, um, skyscrapers, you walk into a park and it's, it's wooded and then it's a, it's a natural amphitheater and you can go find pictures of it on, on line, but it, it's a gorgeous spot and it's surrounded by, um, skyscrapers you know, unfortunately it was raining. Um, and it was kind of a, a little rough, um, 
it was just you know cloudy and rainy and I, it started early it was daylight for the whole show so i want to say it was like a three o'clock show that's weird and i will hmm. say that it's the only uh only show i've been to where they're vending fr- fried octopus balls outside oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So, and we got some and they're pretty cool. Um, nice. they put a, they put a, uh, promo fans, little Japanese fans, fish farmhouse fans on every seat. Um, most of them got kind of wrecked by the rain. I was going to drag one from around here to show you, but, um, I got a couple back, but they, they, that was kind of cool. They did a giveaway nice. on every seat. You know, Electra did a little, little thing. Um, but the show itself was probably, um, the not strongest of of the whole run but the venue was venue was awesome yeah um and and because still it's really good i mean yeah, I it's a good set the, list i right. could say it's the worst worst show of the run but it was just outside and rainy and um the highlight was the was definitely the encore when the rain cleared during character zero and a rainbow went from one end of the stage to the other that was oh that man was and, and left everybody with a smile on their face um, yeah so it's a real, it's a really good show. Um, Convinced there was just, a god. It just right. doesn't reach. The, yeah, it just doesn't reach the uh, the peaks of of every other show. And they and they filmed it for TV. You can go, I think, watch every every song multicam pro shot, which is pretty cool if you want to check it out. Yeah, pretty sure that's on the YouTube's. But I mm-hmm. wish that I wish that some of the other shows had been multicam pro shot. <laughs> well, as, I mean, as well, you got to. Uh... Uh, rain rain does kind of take things out of it sometimes jones beach for example although uh once you stuck through that one um it turned into an awesome rock concert and it sounds like that that's what happened with zero too so, yeah i mean sometimes it, it it gives it a little push but sometimes it it does put a damper on the yeah on the festivities. but i mean still i mean killer venue so um there's there's like one photo of me from that from this show um that somebody sent me and I'm like smiling ear to ear. So uh, I know I must've been having a, a good time. So it wasn't all bad. Yeah. And, and this was another, I think the Tokyo shows were the three biggest. This one was pretty, I'd say there were 2000 people. This one would be my guess. Man. Oh man. Things are dream. Dreams are made of. So let's, let's go two days later to yeah. club Quattro. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the day like in between? Was it a long, was it a, a big trip or what'd you guys yeah, do? Yeah, You know, I, I don't remember. Um, it wasn't that far. It's probably at the most, maybe a two or three hour train. I don't know. I'm guessing. Um, I really, I, I don't remember the day between and, or, or the day of, but, um, Club Quattro is probably my favorite show of the run. Um, it was in a mall. And you probably took <laughs> 15 different escalators to get up. It was on like the 15th floor oh, of man. this mall with this big, I mean, the biggest mall you've ever seen. And you go up and yeah. up and up and there's stores everywhere. And I mean, they didn't have like Cinnabon, but like kind of like the equivalent right. of that type of deal. Yeah, well, it has like the, it had like, I don't know, Japanese equivalent of Cinnabon. But so it was up and up and up on these escalators. And then you just get you know it could have been 90 nondescript store and but you just walk into this random little area and then to the right they had a locker room which is pretty weird we spent the good times bad times in the locker room you know full like high school gym locker room type of deal um but that was kind of off to the right and then you walked in and there was this little teeny bar to the right and just a teeny 
stage and everything. This was by far the smallest show, and I want to say one of the smallest shows I've ever been to. Um, guessing maybe 500 people. Um, it was just jam packed. Everyone was on top of the stage. The soundboard was probably, I don't know, 30, 25 feet from the stage. Awesome. Um, and I, yeah, I talked to Kuroda during the sound check. I mean, I'm sorry, during the set break. And he said, this is like a time machine. <laughs> and we both were like, yeah, this is like a time machine back to 90. And nice. I remember saying to my wife, like, if you want to know what it was like in 90, this is like how big, I mean, it was just teeny bar show. So, um, what about the mall? Was it crowded? Were there other people music, just like shopping there? There were, it was fully open. I mean, you know, it was, yeah. it was nine o'clock at night. So it was a little, oh, but, yeah, it's starting um, to calm down. or whatever. Stop at pennies. Huh. Yeah. You stop at pennies. <laughs> yeah. But, um, get a belt at Kohl's. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, for my money, I mean, people will say the next, the next venue is the, the, you know, the Fukuoka is the, is the shit and it is. But for me, I mean, this was like, it really was like a time machine going back. And I mean, it was just a sweat box. And, and, uh, and let's talk, I mean, meat, maize, meat, give me a break. Right. <laughs> that's, that, that's enough right there. And that's just the first yeah. three songs. Yeah. Um, okay. One of them is like a 30 second reprise or whatever, but still, it's, sure. you know, well, you get to see, you get to say meat, maize, meat. Right, meat maze meat. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just great <laughs> it's stuff. There's some bluegrass tunes on this one as well. I always have to call those out. Um, and then uh, antelope, the unfinished antelope contact into that sand. The sand is monster. The sand is monster, and the Roger Prince Caspian pairing is real nice. Yeah, um, and good. the Joe Jackson sing along. There you go. So good, um, good show. Yeah, really, really fun, and just. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say one of the smallest 10 shows I've ever been to. Wow. For sure. Just, I mean, because people didn't, nobody, there was really no locals. 
for that. So it was just Incredible. the people that right. go away if there's nothing going on. And then, and then the next night is the is the bomb drop, the proverbial bomb drop in Fukuoka, if you will. <laughs> so right. So this one you even included the the sound or the six fourteen two thousand um, drum logos. I guess is is the name of the place, Todd. Yep, drum logos. And, and I don't uh, remember. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I don't remember. The, I don't remember too much about the venue. It was just a kind of nondescript square room. I don't even know if there's a balcony. I don't think there was, but again, not a, you know probably twice as crowded as the night before, maybe uh, eight hundred nine hundred people, but still still small. Wow! And it was from it was from the first note, like you know, yeah. Karini Karini Curtain City's gumbo. That gumbo is just listen to that today. It is just off the chains. Yep. Yeah. So good. And into the llama, which I think is like fire. Like it, it lets you know that they're still coming out of that hot. Um, but so tell me a little bit, did, did you check a lot of sound checks out? Uh, were you able to, you know what I mean? Like what was your, did you see I, this one? This one? I did not, I didn't see any, any sound checks in Japan. So I've been, I've been lucky enough to see a handful domestically. Um, just but, wondering because we saw the, um, we've got it listed here in the notes, this, this sound check. I, I grabbed it all from fish.net, um, yeah. the wonderful internet website run by the Mockingbird <laughs> Foundation. And it looks bitchin'. I mean, yeah. Live and Let yeah. Die Jam. Yeah, I, right. they must have watched James Bond movie on the train or something. Um, right. <laughs> or in the hotel the night before. Right. Yeah, with 007. Yeah, so. Um, but yeah, no, we were going in at showtime every night. Cool. And I uh, wasn't privy to any pre-show stuff. But, were they uh, open? Do you know? Was it open? Like, were there like you know? Was was Zizek, is Isaac's there or whatever? Was he <laughs> <laughs> rolling in? Yeah, I didn't. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> didn't didn't see him see him on that tour. But um, okay. yeah, no, I, I I don't know if you could have. I mean, I'm sure at the Fuji Rock, you could have gone to that. Sure. To that, what's the use? That would right, probably right, been, right. been been. But uh, or sit out the fence, right? Or sit outside the fence, yeah. Yeah, but but I will say that in the whole all this whole uh, uh, Japan 2000 tour, the band was entirely accessible. I mean, they were nice. they were on the train with us. They were playing, you know, Guitar Hero. They were out on the street in front of the, you know, before the show, walking around, mingling with people. So um, didn't awesome. get into sound, any sound checks, but I mean, if you were there, you could you could go up and talk to you know, hang out with anybody you wanted to. Pretty much almost any show. So so awesome. that was cool. Yeah. Um, wow. But yeah, I mean, I mean, this show that is that is that the first is that from the first batch of live fish? Releases? Yeah, that's one of the, the CDs they put out in the early days. Right. So, you know that. I mean, they were just they were feeling it, too. I mean, that second set is is one for the ages for sure. Yeah, I think this is, you know, this is number four. So I think this is one of those that came out of Mike's journal or something. He said, yeah, Play or, this show. yeah. Yeah, I think and I think Paige Paige curated those those early ones. I know Mike said play that Portland one. Yeah, but, but. anyways, great selection, and because it's a live fish, everybody pretty much knows it. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll uh, press on to the next night. Uh, I love this yes. venue name, Big Cat. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's really it was a cool venue. Um, and uh, they had cool T-shirts. I got a couple of them up in my attic. 
in deep nice. storage. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Osaka was really was my our favorite city on the tour. Just like a lot of young people, and this big cat was kind of in this area where like people were taking low riders up and down the street. They had like kind of an outdoor thing where you could hang out on the, you know, outside the venue. And it was kind of a big, like an open bar, like a bar on the side. And, but I mean, basically just a bar with a stage. Um, but Osaka had a really cool vibe and a really young vibe. Um, and this show is just, uh, it's just another banger. I mean, um, I didn't listen to the NICU talk to us to open, but um, bag another awesome ghost, and that the disease is just that disease is ridiculous. Oh man, I I, I wrote this down. I I rarely read directly from my notes, but I'm going to read this. Disease is spitting hot fire for the first eleven minutes, then it breaks into a groove, and and I I stand by those words because it really it's just rages, and finally comes into a groove, and the groove is not. Um, not like well, a 97 groove it's still you know chunky and kind of heavy um and then it, and then it gets to weird. weird yeah like maybe like 19 minutes in i think it is and uh and god i love that <laughs>
Yeah, and I think that, like, sometimes, you know, they'll go into a groove that they've done before. I think a lot of this Japan stuff is pretty unique. Unique sounding and just the, the the jams that they that they went into and then and then out of that the out of that disease um it's a really good lizards um yes. it just drops down so quietly and um I was really shit because you know I mean I don't know I'm not gonna say I was gonna skip the lizards but it just caught my attention I started listening closely and it is a it's one of the best versions out there really so i think i think it's worth uh worth listening to and then next um bike as i mentioned previously um yeah. it was my wife's highlight of the of the i mean she she loved it all but um i don't know if it was her first bike i, I doubt maybe it was but just ever this was like a super highlight for her of this of this tour and, and as i mentioned to you guys my wife turned to me at some point in this during this tour and she said it doesn't matter what what song they're playing it's all so good and it really <laughs> it's true i mean it doesn't yeah. matter whether it's you know uncle pen or yeah or whatever kind of a song that you might typically gloss over not that not hating on uncle pen but whatever <laughs> yeah but, on, but, but, watch out for jonathan <laughs> yeah sorry bill monroe but um, <laughs> no but everything uh yeah and again and it, it the set list doesn't look like something you'd be like holy crap and then you play it and you're like, holy crap. Right. No, it's, there's nothing wrong with the set list. I, I look at it though. And I see, and I see you opener that intrigues me immediately. Chalk dust. Okay, cool. But you need to do some good rock bag pen. That's fun. Ghost. That has potential. Frankie mm-hmm. says love little Frankie says. Right. And, and after a ghost, there's gotta be something going on there. Right. And, and there was. Right. And, right. uh, then it divided awesome sky ghost. farmhouse farmhouse to close the set. Got to hear how they did that. Yeah, and then of course this second set. Wow. Yeah. Which and that's one, two, three, four, four songs. Second set. Yeah, you can't count. If the you don't count that, no. Yeah, and, and, and that, then, uh, this is one night after a four song second set that you know is is infamous. So right, uh, they're clear. They're clearly feeling it, and and, and they're not you know rocking rocking 20,000 seat arenas. Um, so that's pretty cool that they're still feeling it night after night with those, with just a, a few people. I'm sure they're seeing the same faces coming too, because you know, Todd, you're, you're at all these and uh, you're, you're seeing familiar faces too, right? And, yeah, for sure. And, and granted, these are the days where they were tossing off, you know, 18, 19, 25 minute songs, you know, casually. Um, right. But, but, but still that even, those long jams they're they're they've got substance yeah i mean that disease is almost 30 minutes long if i remember correctly i think 27 or something yeah yeah um and there was a i don't know somewhere in this listening session with all of these japan shows there's another 25 minute disease and yeah you know there's so many honestly it was hard hard for me to keep it straight like yeah. You know, like I couldn't pinpoint one part of this jam. Like, oh, Mike is doing so. You know, because I, I listened to so much in just in the last week, but it's all so good, and and it kind of melds together in a big way, but in a, in a good way. But um, yeah, there's just so there's just so much goodness, and it's really spread of yeah, shows. So many smooth transitions, and they're kind of they make things go so well. I mean, I don't know. The, the Baker's Dozen people might might argue with me, but I, I mean, I I can't. I mean, how many shows is this? Let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. I mean, it's. I think it's the you know very consistent for you know. 
Absolutely. As far as as far as a tour is concerned, I mean, I don't know what what else can really be that many consistent shows in a row. It's a solid batch. Um, yeah, without question, I think this has been pretty great. And there's so there's just one more show, and it's still in Osaka, which uh, you've already acclaimed right. as one of your your preferred cities. And it's at Zep Osaka. Yep. Is this another like fun park kind of joint? And, and I don't remember it being. I mean, it's obviously I, I believe they're you know related. Maybe they have the same owners, but um, no, this one didn't have the big uh, didn't have the big arcade and the um, Ferris wheel. Okay. But uh, was another was Lame. another cool venue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was it was another killer show. Um, I just go for this show. I, I go to the to the gym right away. Second set open. I mean, they're great set in the first set, but sure. Um, that second set runaway gym theme from the bottom is just so I can't get enough of it. You know, I, and I kind of I honestly forgotten about it uh, before listening for this, uh, and it is it is just so strong. Yeah, I hadn't been back to this one um, or a lot of these, frankly, in a while. Um, but this uh, that gym is is out of this world and I love how dog face boy kind of materialize that materializes at a theme. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then driver. Yeah. Driver after right. that driver and bug to close the set, which are like three really just great. Yeah. Slow, slow jams, like slow dance songs. You know what I mean? And right. they're all, all three of them in the second set. So right. um, I'd point out the gym too. Sorry. But uh, yeah, I would, you got to have a gym at the beginning or the end of a set, or otherwise it doesn't count. And this is this is prime prime example.
No, it's a, it's a monster gym, and uh, and the bug the bug's awesome. Um, the bouncing around the room. I w- I will note that the the first show of the tour, the, the first bouncing, that the, the uh, one from from first Tokyo, that it has the outro jam. Right. So I didn't notice that. Man, I love that. Um, and I was hoping when they played this, um, that they would they would continue. I thought that was like a thing to come. They were going to keep doing the outro jam, but. But they didn't. They, um, did, they did play your hairy hood, though. Yeah, instead you got they, a hood. But I, yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I'll take that any day. Um, I will say, um, you know, a couple of funny things. So this was the tenth anniversary of my first show, six sixteen ninety, which was um, oh, that's right, which was awesome for me. And um, <laughs> and I don't know if it's true now, probably not. But so psilocybin was a, a legal in Japan at this time Whoa. so there was a guy outside the show literally with a garbage bag of mushrooms like a 50, <laughs> 50 you know a huge black garbage bag of mushrooms just walking around being like take however many mushrooms you want so um we were like for sure um and oh, that man. was awesome and but but yeah completely legal and just you know you know you know take take five handfuls i don't care and so, for um, and for you this was front, just like the first half of your vacation because you spent 10 days in thailand after this so then we went to so yeah, yeah then we went to thailand which was another um which is a killer trip um yeah i've never been back there but it's a beautiful country and i would love to and then um and then not to bore everyone but so then we did the whole uh planes trains automobiles after thailand we um flew from thailand to Tokyo, to New York, got off the train, or got off the plane in New York, um, took a taxi to my apartment, took a train to my mom's house, borrowed her van, and then floored it to Hartford. We missed the first part of the tour, but floored it to Hartford. This was like, I don't know how many hours of travel, 24 hours of travel, and made it for that N2O, Haley's Comet, whatever that Hartford 2000 Mm. was um yeah i probably i probably missed the buried live i know i was there for the n2o and the haley's wow um and there's a mango song in there somewhere maybe too jeez but it was like it was like non-stop uh huh. travel to get to, to get you know seven thousand miles or something to get to that show that's crazy or more Back to the Zep real quick. So, yes. uh, you know, we we noticed that they you know they played Dog Face Boy, Driver, then S- Driver into Slave, and mm. then a Bug Encore. Um, it when I see a set list like this, I, I kind of think that the band is responding to an attentive audience uh, or rewarding a, an attentive audience. Mm. Um, is that would you? See Suggest that I that mean, might be accurate. Yeah, I mean, I would just, I mean, number one, this is the day before cell phones. So people aren't standing there just pointing their phone. And I mean, and the Japanese fans were just, I mean, they were dialed in. And so they, yeah, I mean, attentive is a, I mean, to the end. So um, there was no talking. There was no, um, so yeah, I mean, that's probably a pretty good good observation um everybody would i mean everybody whether you know wherever they're from was 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 hanging on every note i mean it was so small surrounded you so much the sound um but you know again in the days before you know cell phone internet and and everybody you know taking great pictures it's a um 
it's a great thing to think about the uh, you know ninety three maybe ninety two tray that they were building they were working to get themselves to the bigger arenas or you know venues mm-hmm. right um, and and so maybe they're on the back end of that peak now and they're like man we can still yeah, we know how to do that we know how to play the Palace of Auburn Hills you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, whatever that place is called in Philly. <laughs> That's for Matt. Um, but um, the back end of it, they're playing these little clubs in Japan and they're like, oh, this is, it's probably fun for them, but also. I think they really, were thrilled. Really fun to control that whole, uh, the whole room again. Not that he wasn't doing it then, but, uh, or, you right. know, in, in the bigger places, but. Um, I just think it's, it's a different, dyna- it's a different dynamic and it's something that they just kind of had, you know, grown apart from. And so, I mean, imagine if you're in a, in a big giant band, it's like to go back to club dates. Um, yeah, I, I just think that you, you could tell they were stoked on it. I mean, it was, it's, it was obvious. Right. It's and obvious it, in the playing. Just listening to it. Without giving up anything, you know, they just right. take a break, go on vacation, play some shows right. in a, you know, an and, interesting, and, a different place. And it was the same with Europe. I mean, it's not like Japan was, you know, I mean, Barcelona, Prague, all of those and, and earlier, right. you know, all the 97 ones. I mean, that's why they do it. I, you know, I don't think they're, you know, making a lot of money playing at a 600 person venue. Oh, but they're yeah, selling not taking... all the records doing that, aren't they? Isn't that why they do it? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They also so, have to take how many more people with them, right? I mean, that was the whole thing for the demise of 1.2.0. and 2.0. Right. Well, there's a little bit of the um, Grateful Dead Europe 72 working vacation. We're going to take a right. vacation. How do we pay for it? Well, we go work. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I remember standing in the field of heaven and like, you know, Trey's mom is like three people down from me and Paluska. <laughs> like, like, you know, if you're like standing next to Paluska at a show, it's like pretty, pretty special show. Nice. Right. right. I, would, I would guess because I never saw him at every, any other show besides that one. <laughs> but awesome well, yeah um todd this has been great um i want to yeah. want to thank you for coming on and sharing yeah. the, your story and your time uh, on these uh, at these shows with us um rj sends his his apologies he was having internet connection problems that he said he was enjoying listening while he was on and uh, uh also sends his thanks for your coming on and joining us cool and, um, yeah, I, I'll send mine as well. I know this is a, another uh, fun episode to talk with you, Todd, and, and um, uh, hopefully you'll pull those shirts out of the attic soon. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate you guys. I'm any, you know, I'm always happy to talk about Japan or any anything like that. Um, easy for me to geek out on it because yeah, it's such a good time and yeah, really awesome. So thank what? you for. When there's this many shows in a row, it's hard to it's hard to force yourself to go and listen to every one, right? Because you want to move on. But I love this because you got to go back, go from start to finish. So yeah, thanks. And I was, thanks. I was yeah, thank you. I was stoked to go back and, and listen to it because some for some of it it had been forever, and uh, it's all so good. So uh, yeah. anybody listening, go back and, and pick one. These shows are they're banging. All right. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again, uh, Todd, for joining us. Brad, always good to actually be on the same podcast with you. Uh, it's just me and you right now. It's yeah, it's sweet. weird. It's usually well, Todd's here too, but... you or me. <laughs> I'm on right. periphery. Yeah. Well, Jonathan was on a Brad strike for a while, so but it's understandable. <laughs> it's understandable. 
All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. That was a um, joke. You can cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably uh, some places on the internet you can find us, like hfpod.com and at hfpod on the Twitter. And uh, don't forget, we have the Patreon, and you can hear special hfpod plus episodes on there. All right. Thanks, everybody. podcast is in the loop the legion of osiris podcasts what does that mean osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts if you like this one go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop osiris is partnered with relics magazine at relics.com well, hey, friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media.